hiring a sales team. I didn't even know until now. Oh my gosh, I'm hiring VAs when what I really need to hire is a sales team. You know, I think you have to look at what you're good at. You know, a lot of us as entrepreneurs, we're good at selling at the beginning because we're so passionate. And then as things become overwhelming in our business and we're making money and we're going through the process of putting our customers through our funnel, the sales part becomes harder if you're not a trained salesperson. I mean, if you're not good at sales, you should probably delegate it. At the beginning, it's easy, but over time, it really does get harder. And if it's something that you're not passionate about doing, just selling, then... It is a thing to delegate. Hello, welcome to the Linda Mendable Show, where I take you behind the scenes with industry leaders, entrepreneurs, moms, working professionals, and amazing people pursuing their passions and going for their dreams. And I'm your host, Linda Mendable. Welcome to the show. Hello, and welcome to the Linda Mendable Show. I am so excited to present to you an amazing guest. We're going to be talking about things to consider for hiring your team, understanding your processes before hiring, learn how to turn the anxiety and fear into something great. This is just an amazing episode. If you have been on the fence on hiring a team, this episode is for you. This is just an experience that we've both had Amanda and I on hiring and hiring is hard. Let's be real. It's very hard to figure out who's the right person that you need. What is your workflows? What are you doing right now that can move your business forward? And a lot of times that can be either a sales team or a VA. So welcome so much to the show and I hope you enjoy. So welcome to the show, Amanda. How are you? Thank you for having me, Linda. I am doing wonderful. It's a wonderful day. (laughs) Amen. So tell the audience a little bit about you and what you do and uh, what are you doing? Um, Yeah. Okay. So I am a business coach and consultant for uh, entrepreneurs that have been in business for a little while, not necessarily the new entrepreneur, but the one that's been in business for a little while. And I'm helping entrepreneurs go from this idea of a failing business to a business that is making it right. It kind of my tag is from failing to fortune. And it's taking all of the fear and all of the things that are you know, hindering you from being an amazing entrepreneur and turning those into something that can ter- can be great success. And then kind of redefining what success is. A lot of people think that success is, you know, a lot of money and, you know, all of these popularity type of things. But success is really a little bit more simple than that. And it doesn't have to be so glamorous. It's just, you know, you providing for your family and having a solid income and, and being happy with what you're doing and not stressed out, kind of having this balance. And so kind of redefining success, but at the same time, kind of helping them take this failing failure feeling (laughs) and turning into success. So um, yeah, that's kind of what uh, my mission is. And right now I'm doing a lot of one-on-one coaching. I've got a little bit of consulting work going on, but I'm really trying to get more into the space of helping people online because I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, and there's only so many people you can meet with in Nashville, but um, so I'm kind of taking my my ideas and everything uh, to the world. And I'm doing that through, I have a Facebook community, have some online courses, and then I'm, I'm building some workshops. And uh, right now the workshops are just in uh, Nashville, but I am planning to expand to some other cities eventually. Uh, just kind of getting going. I'm kind of new at all of this, but I've got this huge dream and vision for everything I've got going on. So yeah, that's that's... <laughs> in a nutshell. Yeah, I wouldn't say that you're you're new at it because you actually work for a company that you've pretty much helped them. So can you tell us about that, how you help them? Yeah. Okay. So all of this, this whole idea from failing to fortune kind of started back in 2013. Um, walked in first day on the job uh, with a construction company in South Florida. I uh, lived down there for a couple of years. And so first day on the job, walked in and I was hired to be their bookkeeper, just straightforward data entry, bookkeeping, you know, helping with office stuff, but they didn't really have a big office with a lot of people. So I opened the books and I thought, oh my gosh, this stuff is a mess. I mean, it's going to take me weeks to, to figure out and to clean up. And I'd been working at an accounting firm prior to that time. So I was very used to keeping everything uh, very organized and up to date. I'd never really worked with a company that was so bad off and, um, or at least so unorganized. And so uh, I had to do some backtracking of all of their finances, bring them up to speed, kind of determine uh, 
so that we could make good decisions, what was the financial state of the company? And what I could tell about the owners, I could tell that they were very passionate about construction, but they had not spent a lot of time organizing or creating processes that worked for their business. And they didn't really have any goals or plans or ideas of how to manage their money. They just put the money in the bank and spent money. And they didn't really worry about a budget all sorts of things. So it took me about a week, week and a half to uh, some really long days at the very beginning to get them caught up and look at their financial state. And then once I did that, I literally started crying on the job because I was like, I'm this new girl. And I've got to walk in and tell these owners that they're not making it. Their business is essentially failing. And they had way more going out than what they had coming in. And they had no process to know what sales were out there and like a follow-up system to be able to get sales in. So they were just kind of flying by the seat of their pants. And so I had to walk in and tell them that. And I told them and they were a little shocked, but I think they also kind of knew in some ways. I mean, they, they didn't have the same reaction that I did when I looked at the financial statement and went, oh my gosh, like these guys are making it. But what happened is that it hit a soft spot with me because uh, when I was a teenager, my parents, and we can get into this later, but my parents basically lost everything from some bad business decisions that were made. And um, it affected my family. We lost our home and our cars and all these different things. So there was this major failure that happened. And with that failure of a business brought so much emotional uh, distress and financial distress and, and depression, all these things in my family. So I had, it was a sensitive spot for me to see them in this bad financial state of their business. You know, my head was saying, uh, Amanda, you need to get out and go find a different company to work for because they're not going to make it and you're not going to have a paycheck one day and probably can't afford to pay you this week kind of thing. But my heart was saying, you need to stay and help them. And that's kind of where the journey began. So it became this mission back then to get them from a failing state to being okay and operating uh, in the black. And then from that point to being a successful construction company in the industry. But first we had to get out of the hole. So I spent, you know, a year and a half kind of revamping everything. And over time, within months, they were handing me the reins. They were saying, you make all the decisions, Amanda, because you understand this and, and we need you to kind of guide us and help us get out of this. And so, you know, I was young at that time and it was the first real big uh, decision-making job I'd ever had. I'd been an office manager, but I had not essentially been a CFO of a company. And that's kind of how I was operating at this point. So, and they were resting all of their their hope and belief in what I was doing. So it was a lot of pressure, but I'm so glad that I did it and that I stayed. And, you know, we went from that year, they made about $400,000, lost a whole lot of money out of that 400,000. They didn't have any profit into this year and they're at $3 million. So, you know, Long story short, uh, we really revamped the company. We changed everything. You know, it became about making profit, about having solid income, about making good financial decisions, testing things, knowing what our spending limits were, and making good financial decisions, which is really the um, basis for every small business. I mean, Man. if you want to be successful, you can't make bad financial decisions. You're going to, that, that'll kill your business. Yeah, that's so, so incredible. I mean, that just blow every time, like, I read it or I hear it. It's like, you just blow me away. I mean, wow, Amanda, congratulations. And you know, it's almost like those people, have you seen um, like the, the guy from Hell's Kitchen that he goes into these like yes. bed and breakfast and he's like, this is not where, you know, it's almost like you're like him, but for businesses. <laughs> yeah, you know, so many times it's so funny. Um, I have been compared to either that show or the Marcus Lamona show of The Prophet. I have been compared to that so many times because what I am known for doing is going and helping someone basically get out of the hole. So ever since I did that with a construction company, I've had all kinds of friends call me and say, hey, I think my business is doing bad. You want to help me get out of the hole? And so over time, it just kind of became my thing that people know okay, either I can start learning wow. from her now. So I never get in that uh, bad situation where I think I'm about to close my business or, you know, they're in that state and they're saying, can you rescue us? Can you help get us out of this? Can we wow. turn our business around? Can you help? And so that's kind of how all this started. That's so. incredible. Wow. You know, whew, I have so many questions. <laughs> Shoot, give them to me. <laughs> okay. Like first, I think that happens because, you know, as a company, right? Like when you're one person show you're wearing a lot of hats as a company you're also there's a lot of hats there's a lot of people involved you know there's a lot of systems in place and everything like that so I can imagine like just how to get out of that hole and like to really assess like I guess the owners 
when they have a company, they can't see everything. Oh, like they know certain things are not working, but they don't know what and they don't know how to even begin because one person is not an expert at every single thing. You know, and as I'm growing my company, I'm noticing I can't do it all. You know, right. like right now I've reached my limit. I need to hire out. I need to like, you know, look for the right people to bring into the company. So what would you say for these people that are like in the position of like hiring a team? What systems do they need to set in place to prevent them from getting to that point of like, oh, shoot, what's going on? We don't know, but we know, but we don't know. What can we do? Right. You know, hiring a team is it's important to delegate tasks. I think you have to be really smart and strategic with what you delegate Obviously, you're not going to delegate something that you're really good at unless you find someone that you can completely train and they have the same skill set as you and you're 100% confident. But most of the time when you're starting off, you're delegating those tasks that you're not an expert at, that you're not really good at. For example, we were talking about building websites. I'm not good at building websites. That's something I should delegate. But specifically with the roofing company, you know what we were finding at the beginning was that we had Salesman. And hold on one second for the for the audience, you know, because that was when we were before we came into the convo, you know, Amanda and I were talking about basically how she's trying to build her website and how many steps she needed to take into building a website and all the HTML and coding she needed to learn and the learning curve on that. (laughs) You know, just a little, you know, excerpt there. (laughs) But go ahead. It's overwhelming. Yeah. I mean, it's anything that you're not really skilled at or you're not in business for is probably going to be a little overwhelming. You know, even like filing for a tax ID. I helped a lady this morning file for her tax ID and just she had never done that before. She's a new business owner. You know, even that can seem overwhelming if you don't have any experience in Something. So it's good to have resources and, and people that you can depend on and trust. I think you have to be really careful who you trust because there's so many people willing to give you information, but you kind of have to clear out, you know, what is the right information to take on, you know, so you, you've got to do your your research on people you're accepting information from. But when it comes to hiring a team, if you're adding employees or you're going to add some subcontractors to your team, I think there's a couple of things you got to think about. One, it's got to be Um, Are they going to represent your company well? Because they're representing your brand and who you are and everything you've worked for. So you've got to worry about that. But then also, you know, what is their skill set? If they're, if they're highly trained and they're becoming an employee, the reality is, or at least in my experience is what I've seen is they leave. They don't stay long-term because um, they're so good that they feel like maybe they should just run their own business doing whatever that is, or they can do the same thing as you. They don't stay long. But if you can get someone in that has a good skill set and a solid platform for understanding what you're doing, and then they can grow alongside of you, that's the long-term relationship that lasts Forever, really. I mean, those relationships, even if they don't stay with your company as an employee um, and they eventually leave because you had such a solid foundation, they understand how your business is, they're going to refer business back to you. So it's kind of, you've got to be a little bit strategic in who's going to be on your team and who are you going to hire and are they going to be employees or are they going to be subcontractors? Um, There's a lot of decisions and um, you really have to do like a pros and cons of every scenario and don't just jump the gun and make a quick decision. You really got to think about it, pray about it and see, you know, is this the best decision for my business and what I need right now? Yeah. I mean, yeah, as I'm growing my team, that's exactly what I'm thinking about. Like, who are the best people? Like, I'm not telling, like, I know I have a position, like a few positions available right now, but I don't want to just get anyone in the door. And that's why I haven't really promoted like, oh, I'm looking for to hire someone because I just don't want anyone. And then having all those resumes or you know because sometimes when you do put out yeah it could be overwhelming like so I kind of want to be a little bit strategic and like okay who am I picking even though maybe a good exposure like oh shoot she's doing it she's growing you know but (laughs) at the same time it can be a bit overwhelming when you have someone like me let's say right it's overwhelming Mm -hmm. for me Amanda what would you say to someone like me in the beginning of like growing, you know, from putting in those systems, I know it's the right thing to hire the right people, but as far as being strategic, you know, what type of mindset do I need to have going in it? You know? So yeah, absolutely. That's such an important question. And I wish more entrepreneurs would ask that same question because you don't just 
hire and then figure it out. You figure it out, then you hire, right? So you have to have whatever your process is for your business. Like what is your current process and what process do you want to have? You have to kind of like, I call it a, a map of your business flow, like a workflow chart. You know, how does your, how do your customers come in and how do they leave? What is their entire experience and what are all the checkpoints that they have to meet in your business? And then what are you currently handling? What could be improved? And then at that point of improvement, is that where you put somebody? Um, so it's deciding exactly what you need, physically mapping it out, you know, like drawing out a map of your business and your workflow. And then what is going to be the best customer experience and how can you make it better based on adding team members? And, you know, there's always going to be some testing involved with that. You wouldn't want to hire someone before you actually test out that process. So for example, let's go through a funnel. If we were going to go, the customer's coming in, they're, they're inquiring about your product, they're interested in you. So you're the business owner and you're going to take them through what your desired steps would be. Now, this is obviously going to take you a lot of time at this very first time because you're doing it all yourself and you don't have a team, right? We're assuming you haven't hired the team. You're thinking of hiring the team. The customer's coming in and you've made the sale. Okay. And so once they've been sold to, and, and they are uh, engaging with you for the product or the service. And then there's got to be some kind of follow-up. And then, you know, then maybe a couple days later, there's got to be a follow-up again to say, hey, are you enjoying uh, your product or was the service good? Or um, were there some improvements? You're kind of asking for feedback. And then obviously, if they give you positive feedback, you're saying, hey, would you please post this online for my business? It's going to help. It's kind of like that word of mouth in the digital world. But you don't want to go and hire someone if you don't have a process that allows them to grow your business. And if you don't know what your process is, you're not really ready. I mean, you, you really have to map it out and figure out what pain points are these people that I'm adding to my team going to repair? You know, what, what pain points are they going to eliminate by adding them to my team? And if you don't even know your pain points of your system, then you're probably not ready. It, man, I feel like I'm getting coached or consulted. <laughs> good, good. I, want, I want to help out. Everyone's I think that's the biggest mistake is people jump the gun. They'll hire an assistant, but they don't really have a game plan for what that uh, assistant is going to do. Oh, yeah. I make their business better. I've hired at least two people and it wasn't a good fit, you know, mm -hmm. and I learned and it wasn't the right position to hire out. Yeah. You know, I hired. Basically, I started with first. Well, I need help. VA. I started there first. Yeah. But now I'm seeing, you know what, where I need to hire really is a sales team mm -hmm. <laughs> first. Because right. I can do all the VA stuff. Okay. And yeah. then that'll eventually facilitate even more, you know, right. for a bigger team. Like that's the front. That's like the entryway of the business in a sense, you right. know, and hiring a sales team. I didn't, I didn't even know until now until like, oh my gosh, I'm hiring VAs. When what I really need to hire is a sales team, you yeah. know? Yeah, I think you have to look at what you're good at. You know, a lot of us as entrepreneurs, we're good at selling at the beginning because we're so passionate. And then as things become overwhelming in our business and we, we're making money and we're going through the, you know, the process of putting our customers through a funnel, the sales part becomes harder if you're not a trained salesperson. I mean, if you're not good at sales you should probably delegate it. At the beginning, it, it's easy. But over time, it really does get harder. And if it's something that you're not passionate about doing, just selling, then it is a thing to delegate. And the best thing about delegating sales are that you are constantly getting new leads that are coming in. And depending on how you pay your salespeople, like in the construction industry, we, we pay commission only. So, you know, they're very motivated to that's get how sales. I'm, that's how I'm structuring it. No, See, that's awesome. Because <laughs> what happens is um, they, they know that they're only going to get paid if they sell, right? So they're going to be really motivated to work hard. But it's making sure that you have the, the process, the due process of once that lead or once that sale is turned in, making sure that customer has the best possible yes. experience. Yes. of your company. Now, here's the thing. That's your company. So you want to make sure that process is amazing for them because that process is going to make them come back and you're going to have the follow-up to bring them back in. So the salesperson has done their job. Now you've got to do your job. And I think that's so important for people. I mean, a lot of people do hire out VAs, but if I were going to start, it'd probably be in salesperson. Yes, yes, but yes. I'm not good at sales. I mean, like I'm passionate <laughs> about what I'm doing. You asked me to go sell myself and I choke up because I don't, I, it's hard to talk good about yourself sometimes, you know, you just kind of like, well, you feel arrogant and awkward and you don't know what to do, but if someone else could represent me, well, yes, yes. And, and, and the whole thing about it is for me, like, I'm good at sales. Like I like sales. I like talking with people, you know, and, you know, pretty much almost 
if I'm the one contacting someone, they're pretty much a client, right? Some, you know, that's, you know, because like, I know who I'm contacting. I'm like, they need me. I know they need me. I'm going to go for it. They need me. And I pretty much like convinced them, you need me. You're right, Linda, right. I need you. No. <laughs> But, you know, one of the things is, though, but that's not where my passion is, you know. So and plus, OK, for me to grow the business the way I want to, I got to do the back end, which is, you know, the writing and the online marketing portion, which I am passionate about. Right. You know, but I'm not able to facilitate both. I'm not able to do, you know, because sales and marketing is two different things. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they coincide, but they are absolutely two different things. Yes, yes. There's totally two different things. I love marketing. That's what I love. Sales portion. Yeah, right, girl? Yeah. High five. High five. (laughs) (laughs) But the sale, like you said it, you know, that's probably where I think that should be a place that if you're not, you know, I think you have to be really confident in your product in order to bring in a sales team. And right now I'm in that position that I'm really confident in the product that I can bring a sales team that the product pretty much sells itself to the right ideal client. You know, yeah, and it facilitates a certain need, right? What do you, and- yeah, I think uh, that's absolutely right. I think that the main thing that you have to do as an entrepreneur, if you're going to have a sales team, is make sure you have that process figured out of once the the sale happens, what happens from that point forward, and what is your follow up going to be. You know, the biggest issue that I see with um, business owners is not following up. They miss out on a lot of sales because they're not following up. They're not asking for those online reviews, things like that. So, hiring a sales team is amazing. Just make sure you get your process down. Yes. Thank you for that. I need that, (laughs) especially going forward, because it can be overwhelming, I tell you. Okay, so let's start from when you were younger. What was it like that brought you to this point? Um, Yeah, do it, girl. Say it. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, my, um, you know, my my story um, is really centered around this word called fearless. And it's kind of popped up all over my life over the last 30 years. Um, So I was raised by a wonderful single mama who was a hustler. You know, she loved Jesus, but she worked like three or four jobs all the time because she was single. Always wanted to provide was a go-getter, high energy. I get a lot of those things from her. But as an early teenager, like 12, 13, my mom remarried and things kind of settled down. And my mom was finally able to kind of enjoy life. And it was just like this wonderful, sweet time. Um, I remember my childhood being amazing because my mom was so happy. And, you know, when mom is happy, everybody's happy, you know, that. That saying is so true. So my mom started getting this passion for, um, and she'd always really liked furniture, but she started getting a passion for redoing furniture, like refinishing, repainting, taking the old stuff that was crappy and making it look amazing. And so she started doing it. And eventually she said, you know, I want to start a business like this. So she has this entrepreneur mind and she's like, I'm going to do it. She goes and rents a store in um, our downtown in our little hometown. We have a little downtown section that's, you know, was thriving at the time. And so she opened a storefront started getting all this furniture together, stocking in, you know, stocking everything, had a ton of inventory. And then when she did that, it, she was passionate about it. But I, I can see hindsight is that it probably wasn't the best time because the economy was not doing good. And um, so this was back in 2004. In 2005, if you remember, 2005, 2006, and part of 2007, the economy basically crashed. We had this major stock market crash crash and people were losing all sorts of stuff. Now, um, it took a while, but eventually, you know, the business, she had to close the business. She wasn't selling enough. People weren't buying anything and there wasn't any money. You know, my mom didn't have an income all of a sudden, you know, she had quit her job, her full-time job to do this business. And there was only so much my stepdad could provide for. So eventually, uh, they couldn't refinance. Banks were just doing terrible. Um, and they, uh, their home was foreclosed on. And I was 18 when that happened. I had just graduated high school. I remember coming home from work and seeing a sign in our yard. And it was just like this process. I had just graduated high school and here we are about to lose our home and I've got to figure all this out. And I'm a really young adult, right? So at 18, uh, my parents are given a place to uh, live and kind of uh, a friend said, hey, you can come here and start over. But it was 45 minutes away from the hometown that I knew. And I didn't really want to leave. And I also really wanted to go to college. No one in my family had ever been to college. And I just knew it was a goal and and that I had to be successful and that I never wanted to experience that type of failure. I didn't want to go through the loss of a home or car, any of those things. I watched my mom lose everything she'd ever worked for. And it was painful because I love my mom. And to see her, you know, kind of go through this traumatic experience and then enter into a depression um, and just kind of lose all of her confidence and all of these things. It was just this terrible time. And I knew that I never wanted to experience that 
firsthand. The second hand was enough for me to learn my lesson. I was going to figure it out and I was going to provide. And there was part of me that said, you know what, one day I'm going to make so much money that I'm going to provide for my mom. And she's never have to worry about this, you know, because I just love her and I want the best for her. So kind of started this little passion inside of me to figure it out, to take this idea of failing and this sense of failure that my family had failed in some way and me turning it around into something amazing. You know, I had a lot of fear back then that, you know, I wasn't going to be able to do it. No one in my family had ever gone to college. No one really ever had a business. Um, In fact, up until last year, I was determined I would never be an entrepreneur. I would never have my own business because people who started their own business would fail. (laughs) And that that was my experience. I just didn't want it. Um, So obviously, over time, the Lord has changed my mind on all of those things. And I've had a lot of experience that have led up to it. Um, But I remember um, a few years after my mom they finally regrouped, got their finances back in order. I remember having to tell my mom, you know, mom, you got to be fearless in what you're doing. You're, you know, she's walking around with this defeated mindset and, you know, trying to remind her, you know, we got to get out of this depression because the Lord created you with these wonderful gifts and you have all of these abilities and you need to use them and be fearless in those things. And your experience makes you better and greater and you can do even bigger things. And so, you know, this encouragement thing had to start in in my conversations with my mom. And over time, it became one of those things that transcended in all of my life. I, I remember my husband, and this is the most romantic thing my husband has ever done. He said to my mom, he said, for God has not given us the spirit of fear and timidity, but the power and love and self discipline. He told her that, which is, you know, second Timothy one seven. And I was like, my husband just said a scripture to my mom. Like, I love him so much right now. And it just, it did something and it embedded uh, that scripture in my head. I never forgot it. And I started living kind of like this fearless mission oriented life. And I remember telling my mom over and over and then my friends, my brother and all these things, all these people in my life for years saying, okay, we got to be fearless in this. You know, we've been through all these traumatic experiences, but we got to turn it around take all that tragedy and all those negative things and make them positive things. And we've got to say, uh, yeah, that was a terrible situation and we could be fearful, but we're going to turn that fear and that anxiety and make something great of ourselves. And we're going to take this idea of failure and we're going to make it a fortune. You know, we're going to be amazing. And, <laughs> Amen. Especially yeah. like the husband just, you know, dropping that, you know, that wise yeah. bomb on you, you know? <laughs> yeah. It blew my mind. I was like, I didn't even know you knew that scripture, you know, like I did, but you know, I was thinking, gosh, this is a, this was like a whole new side. Like I, I, I know my husband loves my mom. We've been together since we were 16. So he's on our for all of our lives. But it was the first time that I had seen him engage. It was a point of major depression for my mom. It's the first time I'd ever seen him engage, encourage her, you know, like I'd been trying to do that, but he just walked up to her and said it. And she was like, and it, it turned something in her head, him saying the scripture to her. And that's all he said that night completely turned things around. And from that point forward, I was like, Oh my gosh, that is the scripture we have to live by. And so I actually have it on our refrigerator. I have it in everything on my blog, everything that I'm doing. It's like incorporated all over the place. Yeah. I remember when you went up to the boutique, right? The business boutique. Yes. Yep. And I love the video that you guys did. It was amazing (laughs) with the fearless. You know what? And I, and I really liked your friend with the hat. I was like, you know what? I'm going to rock that shirt and I'm going to rock a hat just like that. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Actually I wore, I'm wearing the shirt today. I got it on the fearless shirt. So we created these fearless shirts. It's so funny. I didn't even realize this is so, so hilarious that this is how the Lord works. And I am just oblivious to the obvious, I guess, but you know, all of my life I've been talking about this word fearless, right? And I'm telling people to be fearless. And my husband tells me second Timothy one seven and got all this stuff going on. But when I started the Nashville womenpreneurs, you know, we needed a mission. We needed a, like a motto. And I had this idea when I was trying to come up with a mission or a motto for the Nashville Womenpreneurs, which was a local meetup that I started by accident. But anyway, so started this group, needed a mission or a motto because I know anything about a business, you got to kind of have a mission. If you don't have a purpose or a mission, kind of lose sight of things. So um, at the beginning, because I wasn't clear, we just, my partner, Megan and I came up with an idea to just do something along the Beyonce song, you know, girls who run the world. Right. So we just kind of went with that, but we didn't really have like a solid purpose. Everybody loves Beyonce. I know. Who doesn't <laughs> love Beyonce, right? Um, they're crazy. They don't. Um, but so Megan and I were, we had this idea that um, we need to create t-shirts or something that would empower us. Well, to fund our group, first of all, that was one thing, but then also to kind of bring us together as 
organizer group so we could all be matchy matchy at this business boutique uh, conference that we went to. And so we're coming up with the shirt designs, can't figure out what to put on the shirts. We went back and forth a thousand times. And I mean, at first it was like, you know, womanpreneur, then it was Nashville boss babe. We were coming up with all these ideas and like nothing really sounded great. We have these new shirts and from these shirts, we've created this motto where we are going to empower fearless entrepreneurs pursue their passions um, and their purpose through their God-given talents. And so we kind of came up with this whole motto because of this word fearless and creating a fearless tribe. And so that really has been this amazing thing that is it's transcending in everything that I'm doing on my um, small business community, my Facebook group, my blog, you know, in my consulting that I do with other uh, customers and clients. And, and then in my coaching, like when I'm doing uh, entrepreneur coaching, I mean, I'm always saying, you know, you need to be fearless. You know, do I need to give you a fearless shirt to walk around with to remind you to be fearless? I mean, like I'm actually using that line. I'm going, Lord, you must have had this bigger idea because I didn't see any of that when I was planning all this. I didn't even see that that word fearless was going to be in my business plan and in my mission. And so it's amazing how all this comes together, how the Lord gives you little things over time. And then you see a bigger picture later, close your mind. Yeah, no, I love the part of like, that is fear. That's my word for this year, because I've noticed that that's the thing that holds you back is having this fear, whether you're growing your business, whether you're even pursuing in the beginning stages, you just get basically, you know, fear can basically have you like a a deer in headlights and have you just stop and not do nothing or, you know, running the other way, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, fear, I've seen a lot of quotes lately of people saying, you know, it takes fear to be motivated. And I think in some ways that's true. Fear is a motivator, but it's not It's not the best motivator. What is good about fear is that you can position it to be fearless. Basically, you take that fear and you say, you know what, the Lord's already won this battle and um, he's already defeated the biggest enemy and he's on my side and I'm going to know that I don't have to have all this fear. I'm going to be fearless instead. And I'm going to let all of these experiences and all these traumatic things that have happened in my life, I'm going to let them be fuel for me running a thousand miles an hour in the other direction to be successful. And there's a scripture I haven't, um, let's see here. I had this pulled up just a second ago. Luke 174, we have been rescued from our enemies so that we can serve God without fear. And see, the thing is that the Lord has created us with these amazing talents and these abilities. And we have these unique opportunities to get in front of people as entrepreneurs. And he's already, he's told us that, listen, I've already defeated the biggest enemy that there is. So now you just need to go and serve me. Just go and do what I've called you to do. Go and do what I've created you to do. Be who I've created you to be. And when you do that and you do it without fear, because you know, the Lord's already defeated it. And you take all the things that you've learned in your life and and you use that to fuel what you're doing. You can only experience success at that point. Only. I mean, there's no losing. And even if, here's the thing that I have to tell anyone who's listening today, just because you experience a failed attempt at something, maybe you've started a business and it didn't happen, it didn't work out, that is a part of your journey. And that is what's going to make you fearless and successful in the long haul. Because we need certain certain traumatic experiences um, and certain Uh, tribulations in our life in order to know how to handle bigger things in the future. So, you know, as a child, I went through this, you know, this concept of losing my house that I lived in, that I was raised in. Um, My parents lost their cars, had to figure all that stuff out. But, and that was very traumatic for me. But what I did with that was what mattered. What I did with those negative experiences and how I turned them into something to fuel me for greater success, that is what we have to do as entrepreneurs. So yeah, we may fail at one business idea or one concept that doesn't work. But what did you learn from that? What was good and what was bad about that experience that you can transcend into something else, some other business, some other concept, or maybe it's having a job and working for somebody else and taking that to their company and implementing it and showing them how to be successful. You know, I am absolutely believe we're not all called to be entrepreneurs. There's some of us that are entrepreneurs and there's some of us that are servants, right? A little bit more of a servant in a business. And we all need those people that help us build um, a great business. So a lot of times 
people will try to start a business. They think that's what they want to do. And then they say, that was the toughest thing ever. I never want to own my own business. I want to get out. I just want to work for somebody. All of those things that you learned in running your own business can be applied to anyone's business, right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) My video went on. (laughs) Oh, oh, no. (laughs) Just for a second. No, but um, I get totally what you're saying. Like fear is a great motivator if you switch it up. If you change it from being something that is scary into using that energy that fear gives you right because it gives you a certain type of energy you know and you can use that energy to fuel you forward instead of freezing you because it does come with a certain type of energy with it so i think it's just switching it to something else like yeah you feel the fear but you do it anyway. That's like one of the, I have actually picture frame that quote because it reminds me every single day because I see it every single day. It reminds me every single day that you're going to feel the fear. It's never going to go away. Yeah. Honestly, like from the beginning of when you're starting and putting yourself out there to even when you're growing your company to me, even maybe even having that moving in different directions, you're going to feel that fear because you need to make new connections. You need to do new things. You just need to do different things and it's going to basically challenge you. And I think that's the part that that when fear comes in, the challenge, oh my gosh, am I going to fail? What's going to happen? The unknown, right? Yeah. Yeah. That fear of the unknown. But you know, that's the thing. We don't have to worry about the future. We, we deal with right now and we trust and we have hope in the Lord that he has a, the bigger picture figured out, right? So um, if we're doing what we're called to do, if we're serving you know, our customers and our clients to the best of our abilities and we're representing the Lord while we're doing that, there's no need for that um, fear or that worry to take over. You know, if, if you're doing what the Lord's called you to do, you know that he's already won the biggest battle. So you know, there's nothing but good that can come out of it. Even in the hard things, there's nothing but good that comes out at the end. So let's backtrack. And let's talk about now where you're at now and how you decided to like, you know what, I do have something to share. You know, how did you decide to put it together and really put yourself out there? Because I know you started with your women's meetup and that grew and you're growing your Facebook community, which I'm like, what? I need to do that. Amanda, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Okay. So the whole idea of this entrepreneurial lifestyle for myself is really just change. Did you, did you like hear my I son? Said, did you hear I, my son burp? He just burped. Oh, that wasn't me. Okay. Just in case someone heard that. Okay. It was my son. He burped. <laughs> but go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're fine. Real life right now, guys. Real life. <laughs> Real life. You know, I did not intend to be an entrepreneur. I didn't intend to start a business. In fact, I was, if you would ask me two years ago, I would have said, I'm never going to own my own small business. I've already seen that happen. My mom's already went through that. I'm just going to help entrepreneurs. I feel like I am, you know, called to do that. Well, you know, back in 2015, I felt a little lost. My husband and I moved to Nashville, Tennessee for his career, and he was doing so good in his career. And I'm sitting here watching him, you know, day by day, do something bigger and, and more amazing. And I'm going, hush, you know, he's just really, you know, he's really um, flourishing and he's really, he's just, he's got all this stuff going on and I want that. And my job with a construction company, I still had it and I was working, I'm working remotely even to this day, still working for them, but feeling a little like my life is mundane. Like I had no purpose. So I'm like, Lord, you know, I'm praying saying, Lord, you know, I've already done all this for the construction company. They're doing fine. They kind of don't need me. I mean, I still have a job, but you know, I'm not really u- utilizing the skill set or all of these things. I don't feel as empowered and as passionate as what I once did. Uh, I need something. I need like a purpose and a mission in life. And um, so like all of 2015, kind of struggling with that, did a lot of different things like sort of planning parties for all of my uh, girlfriends that were having baby showers, feeling like, okay, maybe I want to get in the inter- entertainment space. Maybe I want to start throwing showers, be an event planner. I don't know. So I'm trying out all these different things. I was so busy in 2015 that I ended that year being even more confused than how I started it. Still didn't have any plan or felt like I had a purpose or a mission. And so I I said at the beginning of 2016 that I was going to, it was going to be my year of saying no. I was going to say no to everything that would be considered a distraction. Anything that did not get me closer to understanding what the Lord created me to do, I was going to say no to. So uh, what that meant was, you know, no more party planning, not really a lot of time hanging out with girlfriends. Like I didn't go to like 
you know, the bachelor night or whatever. I just avoided all of that. I just said, I'm going to stay home. And if I have time to be quiet, I'm going to spend it in prayer and seeking the Lord. And so that's kind of how my 2016 started. I think people thought I dropped off the face of the earth because um, I just really, I didn't engage with anybody. So um, as I was doing that, I ended up writing a ton because I started writing my prayers. I started writing all these thoughts that were coming through my head. I had all this time to think, you know, all these uh, thoughts flowing in. And so um, after spending some time writing, I was like, okay, Lord, maybe I need to start a blog because I feel like I have a lot to say. You've given me a lot of insight lately. Let me maybe start this blog. Is this something you want me to do? And um, I am a great believer in the blogging. I am. <laughs> yeah. Well, me too. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's this blogging and the whole space is great for um, creating your message. If you need to get something out, it is a great space to do that. It's a great outlet for it. And so I did it with the intention of thinking no one's ever going to read my blog. I just need to put it out there because I feel like the Lord's put all this on my heart. So I didn't really have an end game or goal for my blog. I just started it. And the more I did it and the more I, you know, got engaged with it and the more I wrote, the more people started following my blog, subscribing to it. I started building this audience and I'm going, okay, what is this Lord? Like, you know, I I don't really know what the purpose of this is, but in the middle of all of that, of me writing and kind of getting prepared to tell people that I was a blogger, um, I had this specific prayer that, you know, I said, Lord, I need you to tell me what, what did you create me to do? Because I feel lost. Like I need some direction. I need some clarity of what you created me to do. And he answered with, Amanda, I created you to lead. And I was like, um, lead what? You know, like, what am I leading? You know, and then it took months before I felt like I had clarity in that in several devotions, many prayer times, talking to other people, other people saying, hey, I feel like I need to come and tell you that the Lord's called you to lead his people. I mean, I started having all of these divine interventions. How did and you then, feel about that? Like when you first heard that, were you like Moses? Like, oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I was like are you sure? Like I, you know, I really questioned, it was like, I was in this state of being oblivious to, is it really that obvious? Is, you, is the Lord really telling me? I don't feel like he's, I need more clarity. You know, I'm, I'm such a perfectionate things that sometimes you have to like hit me upside the head with a sign that says, this is what you're supposed to do because I don't take subtle things very well. So what happened is the Lord started telling me in every area of my life, like everybody that I knew started reaching out to me saying, you know, um, I feel like you need to be doing this. The Lord has really got this anointing in your life. You know, I learned so much. Can you please give me more? I mean, it's just like all these different things that happened that gave me the clarity. And I was, um, Okay. And you know what? That is pretty incredible because, you know, that sometimes is hard. It's hard with like if you're doing your business based on prayer. Sorry if you hear my son in the back. But if you do your business based on prayer and you're starting like, God, what what is it going to do? It's really hard to get still and be quiet and and try to listen and and try to like really be very aware, right? Like the signs that he's giving you like, God, is this a sign from you? Like, you know, where things are coming from. So that's awesome, girl. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that helped me understand that it was the Lord was one that it was coming from all different angles. But the more I did those things, the more passionate and inspired and mission oriented I felt. And I had been praying for a mission and a purpose. And the more I did these things, the more I felt fulfilled. And I remember talking to you, Linda, the very first time and being so empowered and going, Linda just clarified everything that I've been feeling in my spirit. Everything that makes me happy, you know, is, is taking over this part of my life. And you said, Amanda, when are you going full time with this? And I was going, what are you talking about? Like, I'm just helping people. And you're like, no, I think you need to do this full time. Yeah, because you're, I mean, what you did with that one company, you made them a million dollar company. Come on now. You know, that is no small fee. You know, it's almost like David with the giant killer, right? Right. (laughs) Right. People may have saw saw him, you know, take that giant. Whoa, dude, you need to be doing this full time. Can't just be a giant killer one time. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But God anointed him. Right. God said, you know what? You're going to be king. And where did, you know, and not God lead you. Right. He led you. Excuse me. He led you and said, hey, you need to be a leader. And look what you did. You pretty much led a company to you know, to where they're at now in a sense, right? Because they told you, hey, take over the reins. Here it is. Help us. Yeah. You know, I mean, incredible. I look back on it now and I'm like, okay, maybe the Lord's been preparing. I mean, I know he has. I look back on it now. Okay. The Lord's been preparing me for all of these things, all these years. It's just that I didn't have a vision for the long term. You know, I'm a, Linda, I know we talked about this. I am a serious planner and I plan everything. Like I always have a five year 
like goals list. Like, what am I going to be in five years? What am I going to be doing in five years? And so obviously that changes and, and being a planner, you can struggle with change a little bit and I've always been that way. But you know, when I was writing my five-year plan two or three years ago, I was going through a lot of these things, helping um, you know other businesses and friends, but none of what is going on now was in that plan. And I look back and I go, no, it's probably a good thing that the Lord didn't give me this vision way back then, because had he done that, I wouldn't have experienced all the details of the things that I've, I've been experiencing for the last two or three years. Like I needed to help the construction company get out of that hole. I needed to um, help some of my friends dig out of their holes and teach new entrepreneurs how to, you know, have a vision for something and, and things to avoid. But then I really needed um, some time consulting with people and saying, hey, I'm going to come in and help you on a Saturday and we're going to revamp your marketing or we're going to revamp your um, your financials and we're going to learn how to read these things. I needed that experience. And at the time, had I had a vision for having my own business, I probably would have been unprepared. Um, I wouldn't have been patient, uh, as patient as I am now. And I wouldn't have been able to contribute as much knowledge because I wouldn't have had that experience. So hindsight, I go, okay, the Lord's been preparing us. For this my life. But and even now he's preparing for something greater. I just don't know what it is. But I'm, I'm able now that I can see it to kind of walk blindly. It's like this, this trust and this hope in this future that I know he has control over everything that's going on in my life. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna deal with today and not worry about my future. Because one thing that has proven true is that he is always taking care of my future. I where I am today is nowhere where I thought I was going to be. And it's better than what I thought it was going to be. So he's he has my future and he Amen. has your future. And I know that this is going to speak to so many people. It's going to resonate to so many people because that's the truth. Like, okay, in our church, we're doing a series called Right on the Money. And let me tell you, he was talking about, our pastor was talking about that you can't, you know, one of the scriptures says you can't serve both God and mammon, right? God, God and man, I mean, money, and, money and God, right? right in yeah. a sense, I'm trying to say the right way. Sorry if yeah. I a little, a little tongue twisted. <laughs> but the thing that he was going, driving the point home is how to basically invest your money and save your money. So the money can be working for you instead of you serving the money, right? Right. Yep. And yeah. yeah. I mean, that's not true. I mean, he says, I just, I just Googled it while you were talking. Uh, it says, no man can serve two masters. Yes. And, you know, I think we get caught up. We're in a society where... Especially if you're an entrepreneur, you feel this need to be, <laughs> this, this is a, a really big thing. We keep, we feel the need that we cannot represent our faith or who we are as a Christian or, or whatever faith is. We feel like we can't represent that, right? We have to keep it quiet yes. or, you know, really neutral and everything. We have to be politically correct in everything that we do, where as the Lord really called us to stand out and be different. And, you know, if we, if we have to, you know, not be popular and what we're saying and what we're doing, that's, that's actually okay. That That's kind of what he did. You know, when Jesus was on earth, he was not popular. I mean, he became popular because what he was doing was amazing. But the people thought, what's this guy talking to? He's a king. He's walking this earth, you know, and, and he's serving a different master and his success, what he is, what Jesus is having success as is totally different than what, you know, all of the world is saying, what our city and our councilman and our king are saying, you know, so back then, it's very similar to how it is now. We, we look at our society today and people tell us the success is having a lot of followers, having a lot of, you know, um, social media favor, right? Having all of these likes and comments or whatever on your social media pages. But it, they also say, you know, you've got to have, you know, a ton of money. They say you got to drive certain cars. You got to live in a certain neighborhood. You got to have your kids going to public school, right? They So all of society is defining success as one thing when the Lord is saying, actually success is really simple and it is serving me wholeheartedly. And when you serve me wholeheartedly, I take care of you and I take care of your future and you don't have to worry about anything. I am providing for you. I am taking care of it. So you focus on today and doing what I've called you to be the woman or the man that I've called you to be. And you don't have to worry about anything. And your success is the fact that I'm taking care of you, that I've got your future, that you're going to spend eternity with me. So I just began to cut up into all that mess. And we're so worried about being politically correct or being um, accepted by the rest of the world. You don't have to be accepted by the rest of the world. And, and we can still experience success. And success really is about happiness and hope and having joy and peace and, you know, getting through the hard times. You know, Amen, girl. <laughs> yeah. So that's we have to redefine success. That's what we have to do. We have to redefine success and say, Lord, what is success to you? I, my success is serving you, and what you say success is is what I'm going to do. No, yeah. He'll take care of the rest. You know, I yes. think it's serving God and letting money serve us instead of we serving money, right? Because you can't serve two masters. And having that perspective instead of like, oh well you know, trying to catch up, right, with the money thing and all this, and keep, keeping right. up with the Joneses, right? Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. yeah no, I, and you know, one of the things I love when I talk about you, Amanda, is your passion. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
I'm sure the listeners can tell about your passion. And I know because every time I speak with you, it's like you're also speaking to me. Like, man, if only she knew. <laughs> oh, so. God. I, I, um, it's so funny because last night um, I spoke at the Dashboard Womenpreneurs Meetup and um, I it was my first like real motivational speech in front of um, all of these women and super nervous, but I'm so passionate about what I feel like the Lord, the message that the Lord has called me to say that. I forget about being nervous. And this is part of if you're living in his will and you're doing what he's called you to do, like all the things just go away. And so last night I was so excited. It was so like, I get really excited easy. And then so, so I'm so passionate about it um, that I talk 90 to nothing and I say all kind of stuff. And they're like, holy crap, you're like a, you know, a, a, a ball of fire, you know, coming out and hitting us. And I'm like, okay, maybe I should calm down a little bit because I a lot. And I, I realized you got to take it all in a little, little bit at a time. <laughs> no, you're great. You know, because I think that's, that's part of like you, you know, and that's what makes you, you and unique. And also, also like gets transferred to others, you know, like, shoot, try to get on my business game. I got to Shoot, you know, <laughs> man, yeah. it's called a man to get motivated. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I, in some sense, it was, it was so funny because last night after that meeting, you know, I had not had any plans. I know you need to coach me on this. <laughs> I had no plans to be a motivational speaker. Anyway. I just, um, you know, it's been a side. I'm going to coach consult and, you know, kind of teach entrepreneurs. And um, last night I probably had four people out of the meeting come up to me afterwards and go, you know, so where do you normally do your motivational speeches at? Like, do you normally speak at schools? Do you go to colleges? And I'm like, I don't really do that. <laughs> okay. I, I'm just, I'm Amen. you know, and they're like, called to do that you really need to encourage you're good at encourage. I'm like, uh, okay so again not understanding you know completely where my future is but trust god that hey if i was a motivational speaker he's gonna lead me in that direction and i'll, I'll do that if that's what he wants me to do be- not in- <laughs> but i'll do it yes yes that would be a great strategic mood um, excuse me move because speaking is actually like essential you know if you if you want to put yourself out in the public eye and also to gain exposure speaking is like amazing i don't know if you like to <laughs> but yeah. but let me tell you i remember i i went to i, I didn't think there were going to be any entrepreneur in this meeting right mm-hmm. and i go to speaking engagement and i'm there and i prepared something i prepared you know i i, I blog post about it and everything and I'll put it in the show notes just in case if someone's interested. But I prepared it. I would thank God I was overprepared because I really believe in being overprepared and then just going with the flow. That's how I run it. You know, like do the most research you can overprepare. And then when you're at it and you're in it, just go with the flow and handle it. But anyway, so I go there. I have my little papers, you know, because I, 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 you know, like a little workbook that I gave to my audience. And it was, you know, a, a Christian audience. And I'm like, I don't even know what I'm going to say. I prayed about it, of course. And I'm there and I'm speaking and I'm telling them about like my story and I'm trying to motivate them, right? Like to get out the mindset of scarcity, to get out of the mindset that God is not going to provide for them because God is their provider, you know, and it's about them t- thinking positive instead of negative. And like pretty much in a nutshell, saying like how to go for their dream and pursue it, you know, recognizing their season that they're in. So yeah. I delivered the message. At the end, every single person comes up to me and asks me for prayer on their business. I'm like, what? That's <laughs> yeah, for prayer on their business. I didn't even know, like, all these people have a business, you know, prayer on their business and how they can contact me and, and everything like that. And I had a few people after that meeting reach out to me and become clients. So like speaking, I'm if you do it right and I and I was so nervous, girl, let me tell you. Oh, yeah, <laughs> tell me about it. I mean, in front of a whole bunch of people is, it's nerve wracking, especially if you've never done it or even if you've done it a few times. Yeah, really, yes. really So Amanda, where can people find you? Um, okay, so you can officially find me at amandalearcy.com. So that's A-M-A-N-D-A-L-A-I-R-S-E-Y.com. And I also have a blog called The Caffeinated Woman. So it's thecaffeinatedwoman.com. And all of my handles for social media are forward slash Amanda Lercy. I try to keep it simple and consistent. Yes, that's the secret, man. Simple and consistent. <laughs> Thank you so much, Amanda, for being on the show. All the resources will be in the show notes. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. And yeah, girl, whenever you're ready, let's talk. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Thank you so much, Linda. You are amazing. And I love what you're doing here. I cannot wait to um, start sharing this podcast episode with everyone I know. I'm excited. Uh, thank you, girl. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I'll see you next week. And keep going for your dreams. Keep making it happen. Keep moving forward. Failing isn't failing unless you don't get back up. So get back up, try again, and you'll find success each time. This is Linda Mendeville. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in.